Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. All right. You know what that means? You are listening to the Mystery of Parenthood. Happy New Year. And um, we'll start this year off as we've started a few off before uh, with Steph and the prayer. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. All right. In the name of the Father and the Son Sorry, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life through your son, Jesus Christ, born of woman and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. And grant that love... Strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, Holy Family of Nazareth. Pray pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray pray for for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. 2021. Here we are. Wow. Um, yeah, it's crazy. But um, you've joined the first. The first. Mystery of Parenthood. Of 2021. <laughs> 2021. All right. So we're going to start with kind of what, um, you know, Pope Francis had declared this year. First, he, he declared it a year, the year of St. Joseph, which we actually talked about before previously. And. Recently, in a follow-up to that, he um, has declared this year also the the year of the domestic church or the family. And so, uh, there's a great thing on the um, USCCB, the the Catholic bishops um, of the United States website. That some of this we've talked about, but I think it's always good to go through it. It basically the title is "Tools for Building a Domestic Church," and I think that while we have talked about this it's a good particularly as a new year resolution you know pick one or two of these or you know one a month or <laughs> or something set some sort of goal to add these but um anyway i always like to start with with the fact that um as they mention here that in lumen gentium which is one of the documents from vatican II, um the fathers of the church uh, at that point said that the family this is a quote um, the family is, so to speak, the domestic church. And what that means from a sacramental standpoint is we're meant to be kind of a visible, not kind of, I mean, a visible sign of of the church to our own family. I mean, our family should be built, and we've done a show on that, that we should strive for unity, oneness, um, one holy, for holiness, um, one holy Catholic, you know, to be to be truly Catholic, um, understand the faith and be able to defend the faith, and to be apostolic, meaning that we're we're sent out into this world as a family and as individuals, part of family, uh, to deliver the good news that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And um, we've done a show about that. This is going to be more practical things that the bishops are recommending. And that I that like I said we've done um, we've done shows on on individual parts, but I thought we'd go through this and and maybe there'd be something that you feel called to add um, to your family in order to help live out that um, idea of being a domestic church. So yeah, yeah. some great great bullet points. Again, it's the usccb.org. Um, if you're driving and can't write these down, they're they're just some beautiful little bullet points. So the USCCB. Dot org has it's to, this, yeah, it's um, tools for building a domestic church yeah, is the title is the name of the the article. So, 
um, yeah, great, um, you know, course it jumps in starting to begin to pray as a family, reading from scripture daily, um, certainly having a meal prayer. Uh, I know, um, you know, Trey's talked a lot too about, um, having a morning offering, um, kind of, um, starting your day, uh, with, with, you know, a reminder to, us and our children that everything we do during the day is a prayer and can be offered, um, you know, to, to God, um, for, for the good of, of, um, us and others. Um, but just to find a time, um, I think that works. I know, uh, I think we've talked about this a lot, um, before, um, but just that, you know, to, to let your children see you praying. I remember when I was a young mom and couldn't get up, you know, I'm sure you've heard this many times before for me, but couldn't get up before the kids or didn't seem to get up in enough time before the kids. And, um, you know, kind of one day the Holy spirit sort of hit me over the head and said, you know, it's not a bad thing. It may not be the most quality prayer time, (laughs) but to get up and, and allow children to see you praying, um, having your Bible open, having, you know, um, reading material on the coffee table. I mean, we had more baskets and book bins all over the house full of, um, you know, just making it readily, um, accessible, um, age appropriate, but also don't forget that, you know, kids can do more, I think, than you think. Um, so to use biblical language in your house and, um, you know, when you're talking about virtues and morals and, um, and, uh, I, th- I think you've also heard me talk about, um, the way we kind of made it work for us in the morning, uh, morning time was to get those candles from HEB, Walmart. They're like a dollar, beautiful, uh, tall glass votive candles. So it was safe, uh, to have a, a fire (laughs) (laughs) as safe as a fire can be in the hands of a three-year-old. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and that was an indication in our house that if you had your special candle and, you know, were in a special place with it lit that you were having your quiet time. So it was again, that kind of visible sign of, of, you know, um, of that relationship that, you know, you want your kids to, to start, from the very beginning. <laughs> right. And I think, I think they, they do well, whether they meant it or not, uh, in terms of talking about this, of saying that there are times that this should be normal times of prayer. In other words, so in the morning there should be a prayer, even if it's, even if it's just a morning offering, um, on the way to school or something, something along those lines, then also at meals, should be a time of prayer, even if it's just the bless us, O Lord, for these thy gifts um, prayer that the most Catholics out there will <laughs> will know will know that well. Um, and then before bedtime, so I mean, you, you've got you've got at least in the morning uh, at meals when you're together, and at bedtime. Not that that would be the only time, but those are markers to say, okay, those should be things that we. Um, those should be times that we pray. Um, they also said they use the liturgy of the church as a model for prayer and to pray using scripture. So at a minimum, you could just, you, you could just read the gospel reading for the day. If, if you can't make it to mass and spend five minutes on that, you know, what, what did Jesus say? How would that make you feel? If, or what would that, you know, what if you were imagine yourself being there Just kind of start the, idea of like Alexio Divina to put yourself into the story and teach even at a young age. And and if, if that's a, you know, if they're really young, you can find the, you know, the, like the children's Bible, which we used to do and even find those stories in the children's Bible that are related to those, not all of them because they're shorter and, and that, but I think those are all things to kind of to add there. So as a domestic church, the church is a place of prayer. And so your home should be, viewed as a place of prayer. Um, so that's the first thing that's more of a general with, with some specific markers that say, oh, I, oh, we're going to bed. We ought to say a prayer, you know, still to this day, I try. They're just not, I'm usually having to go to bed. They're having to tuck me in. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I think it's beautiful there. that what is translated from all of that is, um, I know, you know, we have uh, several kids in apartments and, one of the most specific things that they wanted to set up when they moved in was a prayer corner. Um, yeah. And so that's been neat to see, um, you know, from that 
young age where that you felt it was all chaos and <laughs> calamity <laughs> to, you know, to, to them maturing in their faith and, um, and, you know, really wanting to identify a place, a place point for, yeah. for a quiet time with, you know, with artwork and, um, you know, so it, it's going to translate, translate like it's supposed to for each child. Everybody in the family is going to have their individual journey with Jesus. And, um, so you just, you know, you kind of do what works for your family and then watch it grow and change. And, um, it's, it's just, it can, it's so beautiful. Right. And so, um, the second thing kind of building off of that is to uh, pray a family rosary. Um, I remember we used to, to do that lots of different ways. We, we, when they were younger would find, uh, we found a video that had, you know, that, that was more of a children's rosary that we would put in, um, Every once in a while, we'd have a friend that would, you know, it was a, a big prayer of the rosary and bring over a big statue of, of Mary and sit it there and he would pray it with us. And this one says, you know, you know, each member leads a decade and everybody shares intentions. So at the beginning, you can share, have them share intentions, you know, something you, you probably would want to start yourself, but they may have somebody they want to pray for their friend or or the dog or whatever, <laughs> but get them used to offering an intention. And then, and then we also would um, allow each of them and it works pretty well uh, would rotate who would pray the deck. It would introduce the, the mystery. And then that it's also good if you have even some visible um, of the mystery. I think. Oh yeah. yeah. We had some beautiful, I think they were from our father's house. I don't even know if that's still a website. That was a long time ago. Yeah. We would do the mysteries, um, uh, of the road. They were beautiful, um, pictures and, um, you could turn out the lights and use a flashlight. Yeah. To, to, um, highlight the, the mystery you were, um, contemplating, um, also when they were really young, it was a great way to get them settled and the wiggles out in bed. And we would, our house was structured such that the, there was a hallway to all the bedrooms faced a, um, a hallway. And so we could tuck everybody in and Trey and I could sit in the hallway and, you know, each room would <laughs> do a, a decade or, you know, um, and so it was, um, that was a great way when they were really little to, kind of get them settled and a, a, a way to pray them to sleep. Yeah. So and even if a lot it, of times the angels finished those. Right. <laughs> and if, and it, you know, and if it, if they're really young, just to get in the habit, even to do a de- just a decade, mm-hmm. um, if yeah, that's, you don't have to do it, the whole rosary, if, the, if you yeah. don't have to do the whole rosary, is there yeah. super young, yeah. that's even just a good habit and, um, and yeah. teach them, teach them the, the mysteries that way. And that they should be thinking about and contemplating those mysteries because they're there for a reason. Uh, it keeps us understanding that when we're praying and asking for Mary's prayers, that it's always with a focus on on Jesus and often and, and most particularly with his relationship with his mother. So it's a great way to teach the faith as well, to not just sit there and just pray the rosary without understanding the mystery. So you could take one decade when they're younger and just ha- have that picture, you know, that you, you buy or whatever and and have that some as a focus and have them focus on that as it's prayed so so that was number two uh number three was have a crucifix in a prominent place in the home and in every bedroom um i think that's really important for a lot of reasons um number one the crucifix is central to under to helping all of us understand that that the body matters um the that shows how much christ loved us. So having a cross without, without the corpus, without Jesus hanging on it, um, is helpful for sure. But, but I think to really understand what Christ did for us, um, I think it's a super great tool for when the kids say, well, that's not fair. <laughs> um, cause you can always point and that that's not fair. What did Jesus do to deserve the type of punishment that he received? Nothing. It was not fair. Yet that 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 points to the fact that a, a truth that all of us need to know is life doesn't always uh, work fairly. In fact, quite frequently, it doesn't work fairly at all. And our faith is based on the the greatest evil ever perpetrated against God was us killing <laughs> um, His Son. 
but that somehow, and that's also the flip side of this, you have to go beyond is, is to actually point out that, look, even that great evil was turned into something good because it was offered to God um, on behalf of someone else, which is us. That's why we can get into heaven. But it's also important to remember that we, like Christ, you know, can rejoice in our sufferings and make up for what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the sake of his body, in this case, for the sake of the family. So any suffering that occurs, we can say, well, Jesus showed us that sometimes it's not fair, but if we offer it to the Father through him, with him, and in him, through Jesus, with Jesus, and in Jesus, with our morning offering and at Mass, that that, um, somehow we can trust that God's going to bring something good out of it. Um, anyway, I, I think that's at least one of the reasons I think that having a crucifix, mm-hmm. not merely a cross, um, uh, visible in your home and then in each of the home, in each of the rooms is mm-hmm. really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't forget to send those crucifixes with those college kids. <laughs> right. Yeah. When they go, it's, yeah. it's important yeah. that they have yeah. uh, one there too. So, yeah. Yeah. um, so, yeah, and then the, the next one, four, was make the sacraments a regular celebration. So take the whole family to confession and mass. We used, you know, now, it, again, it's harder to do. We certainly have tried. We did this Sunday. We got, one of you know, the people who were here for all of us to go to mass together. Um, it's something because we're all there uh, with Jesus in that um great sacrifice that's represented in every mass. Um, it's a great teaching tool. It's a great way for people to, for the kids to see you pray and you participate uh, in the mass. I, I want to point out that bringing them, particularly when they're younger, to encourage the parents that, that have the young child to bring the child as difficult as it is. And I've, I've said it before, you're going to have struggles. There's no way you can't have a, one or a two or a three or maybe even a four or five-year-old always act appropriately. But there's nothing more beautiful than the offering of, in humility, of picking up a child (laughs) during Mass and walking out. I know a lot of people, and I know I felt this early on, um, felt like, well, I'm not getting anything out of Mass. Well, really, Mass is about more what we and that we're offering in union with Jesus Christ to the Father. And if I as a dad or you as a mom or anybody else out there is is doing, what, what are you, what's your job? Your job is to be the parent to that child. So if that child needs correction or if the child needs needs um, encouragement, but, but it's becoming too hard to handle it in the pew, to walk out is doing exactly what God would want you to do in that moment. And you can offer that on the way out. Mm-hmm. I, it took me a long time to figure that out, but I think be encouraged that sometimes to to walk out is one of the greatest offerings. To, not to walk out, to be to take them back to be able to correct them, maybe even out the door, is a great offering that can be offered in that very mass at that time. And so be encouraged by that. Not not take that as a they're detracting from my worship. It's you can give that in that moment. You're at the best place to give that. So, yeah. And I think too, um, you know, again, we've talked about this before, but, um, a lot of times a great practice ground is daily mass because it's shorter. Um, you know, math, mass has a rhythm, you know, even though it's daily mass and it's, and it's shorter, it's still the same rhythm that happens on Sunday and kids, you know, um, you know, you can hear it in the church when it's getting close to the end. Is it almost time to go? You know, they know because of the rhythm and, and, um, and structure of, of mass. So, you know, take them to daily mass, try to, you know, try to take them, um, to adoration. I mean, those are all great places to practice being quiet. I I know i I need a lot of practice right. <laughs> still today. So, um, yeah, but, yeah, it's, it's a, um, and so you can I think, and, and I, you know, we've said, get where they get, where they can see, you know, I, our kids were the worst when they were in the back of the church cause they couldn't see anything. Um, so even though it's, um, I know very scary to sit closer up, um, it's, it's where they can see. And there's so, 
much in mass that you can use um, to teach. I mean, the stations of the cross, the statues, the, you know, the times of why is the bell ringing? I mean, you know, all of these things, you know, just whisper in their ear about what, you know, what's happening and and bring them books related to mass, you know, their children's Bible or their, you know, um, I loved being in, in the pew with my um, little godson last week. And they started talking about the star and man, he went to his book and he was like the star, the star. And he was like flipping through his book, trying to find the story about the three Kings with the star. Right. So um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's great. To, for for, for, them to for centuries, you know, the liturgy, in the mass in particular was the teaching that was the primary teaching tool for, so to, to get them to start, especially as they get older, to listen to the prayers, the Eucharistic prayer, the, you know, what, what, what is the priest saying? Cause while a lot of it is repetitive, if you listen particularly on particular, um, uh, What's the, I love my brain, my mind went blank. Solemnities or feasts, you'll you'll hear reference to what the mass is about. So I think trying to get them engaged in that. You can read the readings before if 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 you want, and that helps. Like, what do you think the priest might say? Also, go to conf, you know bring them to confession, um, and and make sure that you're giving them opportunities, particularly when they're younger than they can't drive themselves, but, but it's always good to go together. I love the opportunities that are given usually around Christmas and certainly during uh, Lent when, when you can go as a family um, and go to a, yeah, a, a penance service. A penance mm-hmm. service. So mm-hmm. anyway, let's see. Um, well, this one, I think Steph's done a really good job and I think, but I think it's something that always can be, reiterated, which is, um, begin family traditions based on the seasons celebrated in the liturgical year. So when we were going through Advent, there certain waiting, like I said, we had the, the empty, um, crash, the empty manger, um, but everything set up, but Jesus wasn't there. Um, you know, we talked about the fact that we, we don't, we put the lights on the tree, but we don't do the, we don't decorate the tree till, till Christmas Eve, doesn't matter what they are, but something that points to that. When Christmas mm-hmm. hits, you know, there are other things. Jesus is there. Um, well, and the, the church gives us, I mean, just a plethora of opportunities, um, you know, to celebrate with colors and um, and saints and, and all those kind of celebrations. And it, even if it's just something as simple, I mean, I have some friends who have some very elaborate beautiful traditions. I was not that elaborate. <laughs> I, I had some fun little traditions, especially around the, what I'd call the high holidays. But even during the, even during the year, just to simply um, collect, you know, saint cards, especially ones that maybe your kids are named after and, you know, get a little stand. I have a little stand from Hobby Lobby and, I, you know, I put out an extra little votive candle in a stand with a saint card on it to, you know, to celebrate um, that particular, you know, just to identify that it's a particular feast day or, you know, um, green tablecloth during ordinary time or, um, you know, purple, you know. So, I mean, the the church gives us lots of um, lots of visibles, <laughs> things right. that we can make visible signs um, in our home. And, and again, you can be incredibly elaborate or you can just be simple or start simple and build each year, maybe at, you know, add one thing or, um, but yeah, I think it's important just to mimic, you know, as, as the domestic church, what's going on in the season, you know, um, liturgically. Yeah. The, um, so I think that's that's a great one. The, the the next one is cool. We haven't done this as much, but I but I think it's always something that's worth doing is to make your vacation a holy pilgrimage, you know, by visiting the shrines and the saints of our land and the world when we go there. And there the, often there are when we go even in Texas, there there are there are shrines here. So if you go to San Antonio, we I remember we took we took him to Teresa de Lesseau's shrine in in San Antonio. Um you know, it's time. It's an opportunity to talk to them. You can see um, other visible signs. You can see that other people are also devoted to uh, Teresa Lisieux. Just 
to to think about, okay, we're going here. Are there any shrines around or on the way there if we're driving? Are there any shrines we're going to pass? Right. And, you know, I mean, when you think about it, when we go on a purposeful vacation, I mean, I don't I don't know how, you know, how your particular family vacations. But a lot of times when you're planning to go somewhere, what do you do? You're looking up what are the sites to see and what, you know, what, um, what do they mean? What's the history behind them? And you usually kind of read a little something or you get a, you know, get one of those, um, um, you know, vacation planning books, you know, that has a, well, if there is a shrine or something, you know, plan ahead and read a small um, storybook or um, little, you know, novel. I I love the Encounter the Saints series. Um, The the stories are, um, you know, it's a little bit more than a picture book, but certainly doable um, if you planned ahead, you know, a month before to read. um, And and the stories were amazing. They always kind of left each chapter as a cliffhanger and, um, so those are, you know, Encounter the Saints series. It's a great um, way, and they're, oh gosh, they're put out by um, the, the sisters. Remember. I can see them. I can oh, was too. it Paul? The Pauline, Pauline sisters. Press. Thank Pauline you. Press. Yes, yes, Pauline Press. Yes. So, um, yeah. So the, they're yeah. all they're here. They come by here a lot. Sometimes, yeah, at yeah. Least they're once usually at St. Mary's. Yeah, with their with their books. Well, I think I remember one time coming back for on a trip, and 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 we saw a sign to. Uh, it was an Our Lady of Shenstadt, mm-hmm. which we had a devotion to, and and we just said, "Wait a second. We turned and went and went to that went to that shrine because we had already developed a. We'd been doing. I think it was Our Lady of Shenstadt. It was a, I think a pray. It was a family kind of rotation mm-hmm. prayer years ago, and we so much that we have devotion that we had bought the a, a beautiful painting of Our Lady of Shenstadt, and when we saw that. Um, we um, yeah. we just stopped, but I think that that to make it part of the adventure of going on a on a trip. So um, anyway, uh, let's see the next one. It, it, this is was a big part of our, uh, particularly as our kids played travel sports, was something that they got used to, which was make worshiping God a priority, never miss mass, even while traveling, and so. It was always for me kind of part of the fun was was figuring out how to uh, when there might be a game on a on a Sunday or we were traveling where where would there be a mass that we could um, attend that would that would work but it was never an option there never was a thought um, and our kids knew it that um, that we were going to mass um, on, on Sunday. And again, that became sort of an adventure. Like sometimes it would be a saint that we hadn't heard of or, or something that we had talked about before, but Hey, you know, and then this idea that God's kind of directing this. All right. So this is one of the only places that we could make mass. So maybe we ought to learn about this saint or at least on the way over the, what, what about them? So um, one time we even had to make a Korean mass. Yeah. Which is pretty cool because they had a cool. beautiful. I forget they had a something outside that yeah, was like it was a, a grotto. A grotto yeah, it was like it yeah. was really neat. It was gorgeous, um, but it was really kind of cool to be at mass and not understand the language, but because of previous pre. I mean, because you know they've been to mass and and the and the liturgy is the same wherever you go. You know the words so much didn't matter because you knew you know, what they were doing at what to say. I mean, we we could follow along in English, um, but yeah, so that was pretty cool. And it's also a good, it's also a good thing, particularly as they, and they learned this pretty quickly to show that the mass is um, the same. It's universal. (laughs) It's Catholic. It's, it's everywhere um, the same. And, and, and so doesn't matter where you go, you can participate in in the mass, and there may be some differences, but 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 with rare exception, it's going to be pretty close to what they would experience had they been going at home. So it again communicates the catholicity of our faith and our worship. So I think that's pretty cool too. Um, let's see. The next one was uh, teach stewardship and charity to your children through word and example. Um, I th- you know, I, we we did for a little bit there. I mean, I, I've heard multiple things, but one of one of them was didn't we? We bought like a um, P 
piggy bank of sorts. Oh, yeah. yeah, that I had they kind of that had. Um, I don't yeah, remember. It looked like a it. church. It was. It looked like a church. It had like three buildings. You know, each bank was. It was a, a separate. You know, it was one piece, but it was three separate little. Um, contain you know containers that were all connected, but one said. Um, you know, one was spending, one was saving, and one was tithing. Right. And yeah, so you get the just, idea yeah. when they receive something, splitting it up. Mm-hmm. I've heard, I, I never did this, but I, but I do, but I do, <laughs> I, I wish I had. Um, it's a little bit over the top but, and probably better um, earlier than, than later. But I do remember somebody suggesting, which again, we did not do, actually taking cash for the money that you had and laying it on the table and showing the kids, okay, this is what we spend, oh. you know, for your, to, to stay in this house. This is what we spend to keep the air conditioning on. This is what we spend on food. And this is what we give and, and kind of to give them a visible representation of that. Um, also, I think being known for helping other people out, you know, and letting them, and letting them know and participate in helping other people. Is. And that's and that's more than just like when people need money or, um, you know, uh, it, it's also bringing a meal to someone who's, you know, sick or or a new mom and their fa- you know, their their family and yeah. Just so. beginning to think outside of yourself mm-hmm. and 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 looking for opportunities to serve. Like I said, could be money, but uh, it could be a meal. It could be mowing the yard for somebody who's. I mean, it could be anything. Offering to help. Um, I think one of the cool things that I've 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 seen happen is the kind of pay it forward. That's another thing where some where you know you're uh, I've had that happen once to me, where you know the person in front of me in line at a Sonic or whatever when I got up there said, "Well, they paid for yours." The ones that just left, no thank you needed, nothing, uh, a random <laughs> act of kindness. Those are things that um, that kind of help people experience the joy of giving right. without expecting anything back. Yeah. A culture. Yeah. You know. So, um, and you can things. do that within your own house with your little ones, you know, encouraging right. them to maybe do a chore, you know, in secret for, um, you know, someone else. So it, you know, yeah. Cause that we did do that say for, charity starts at home, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Pretty much everything. I think the church would say most everything starts at home. I mean, so that's why it's so important. I think this year, the Pope is asking us and the bishops in doing this are asking us to make a little bit more effort, um, mm-hmm. pick something to add mm-hmm. over this next year that would make your church, make your home more into a domestic church. Mm-hmm. You may already be doing lots of things, but just one more thing um, mm-hmm. to add. So, yeah. and, and, and again, you know, remember, as we always say, start simple, pick, you know, pick one thing. I think, you know, um, something that I really want to focus on this year is making sure that I, you know, um, wish the kids, you know, happy baptism day, like actually Madison's baptismal, um, feast, uh, feast, her her anniversary is, is tomorrow. And so just to, just to, um, you know, identify that. I know I had a friend who she took out her kids' baptismal candles on their um, anniversary and would always light their candle, um, I guess, at the meal or at some special t- you know, point idea. during the day. Um, so, you know, find, you know, find the feast day of all your kids, um, you know, if they're named after a saint or if they picked a certain saint for, you know, confirmation or if they have an affinity toward a certain saint, you know, and find a way to, to celebrate that. Again, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, this elaborate thing. It can be as little as a, you know, a, a card, a, a, you know, a little saint card, a, a, a votive candle and, you know, a short story um, that you read at the meal. Or, or when they're older, just a happy feast day. Yeah. text right you know with right. maybe a link to something about their yeah just to remind them right. um so i think it's great i know that kennedy's godmother always really good about on his on saint ambrose feast mm-hmm. day on having on having something in the mail for him mm-hmm. um which is typically just a card mm-hmm. you know it's nothing funny. but again yeah, yeah. it kind of just shows that that connection um between faith and everyday life i guess um so this one, demonstrate love for your spouse, your children, your neighbors, and the world. Uh, remind their children that they are loved. I guess it's your children, that they are loved by God and have been given gifts to serve others. And I think that that's, 
So, I mean, I grew up in a house where, and, you know, now I, I, I see it is that mom was always, even if you don't particularly like the person <laughs> from your family, it was always going to end with, I love you. Um, she drilled it into our heads. You always want the last thing that you say or the last thing that somebody hears from you um, to be, I love you. Uh, and so before bed or before you leave for work or, or whatever, even if you might not be in the best place with that person, with your, with your spouse or whatever. She'd always say, you know, I, you know, mom would say sometimes I don't like you right now, but I love you, you know, um, and to teach them there's a difference. There's a, love is a choice. It's something that I decide to do no matter what I like is a feeling that you may go in and out of for, for the other, but there's a difference. Um, and so I think that's it. We typically will hug and that, I mean, it's kind of, our thing to hug, to say, I love you. Um, I don't know what else on, on that other than. Well, you know. I think, I think that also can translate, you know, for couples into date nights. I know sometimes it's really hard to leave small children and it takes, a, I, I just, I remember it felt like it take, took so much effort to get a babysitter and where are we going to go? And, you know, got, you know, get dressed and, and, and put on makeup and, you know, um, Sometimes it just felt like, uh, but I think that, that showing, um, that going through that and showing that, that your relationship is the primacy of the the marriage and that, you know, like, uh, like your mom's, like your mom used to say, I have to love this man, uh, way longer than I have to, <laughs> than you'll be living in this house. So, um, you know, even, um, I know we loved taking little staycations sometimes just literally just going across town just for the night to get away and, and, you know, be able to really talk and really enjoy each other's company and, um, and, you know, kind of escape the responsibility of parenthood for just a second and focus on each other. Cause, um, I know, you know, being a parent is hard and, and, and it, especially when you want to be an intentional, purposeful parent, um, you know, you always feel like you're picking apart everything that's going on in the house and people's behaviors and, um, so it's nice to just get away and, and be with one another and, and not have to worry about, uh, cor- I used to say correcting or counting, <laughs> making sure they were all, <laughs> making yeah. sure I had all six. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I, I mean, t- take the time to do that. Like you said, to get the little getaways, even we used to do some where we would take, where we'd have, you know, uh, a specific time where maybe Steph would go out with one of the boys or with the girls. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and do, and we would do stuff like that to just show that while we're all one, that we we have a relationship. Or even Stephanie and I would take out, you know, one by themselves and and have sort of a I'm going to focus on you for this next you know hour and a half or dinner and ice cream, uh, whatever. Um, and so I think those type of things demonstrate and show that love is really a choice. It's something that you plan for. It's something that you, that, that must be acted upon. There's an action associated with love. It's not just saying it, it's, it's, it's doing it as well. So. But, uh, and also I think it kind of hidden in here too is, you know, your children's gifts is being honest with them about what their gifts are. We right. kind of call it the, um, the antithesis of the American idol parent, you know, who, their kid just went in and sang in front of, uh, you know, the judges and they got, they got vetoed and they come out and the parent says, Oh, you're the best singer ever. They don't know what they're talking about, you know, but, but our kids do have a certain, each of them do have certain gifts. And while they're young and you may not know what those are, you know, just be praying about that and praying with them, um, about that and what their, you know, vocation will be and what, what God, you know, God has a special mission for them. I think that's a seed to plant. Um, you know, it's a very positive seed to plant early that, you know, that you so-and-so have one, you know, that God has something just for you to do. And that should be, that should be something that said, Pretty frequently, I think. Mm-hmm. I think you should make an effort to say, particularly as they struggle growing up, finding what they like. I mean, you know, what what they feel gifted at. To to number one, say, you know, we're God's entrusted you to us to help you discover what His plans are for you to help you, not to determine that. That's been predetermined. But are are looking um, seriously at. What are your gifts? What are your gifts in terms of your personality, your organizational skills? You know, what what 
obviously it's, you're passionate about the things that kind of um, make you move forward and, and to help with that. And then to be, be honest enough to be able to point out that's probably not one of your gifts. I mean, um, you have to be careful about that, but sometimes it's evident. <laughs> um, it, but to say when you say that, you either have these other gifts or you might want to try this or we'll help you work with that if it's something that you want to work at. Um, so it, all the times reminding them that God has a plan for their life, they have they have meaning they, because they exist you can they can be assured that God has something for them to do that only they can do and that needs to be told to them very frequently so um let's see it says talk freely about the presence of God in the joys and sorrows of your life part of that i think is being able to tell the stories that that you go through when particularly when God has been present lots of times you you don't recognize his presence until after something you've gone through. Um, don't recognize his touch, his his hand, his guiding hand, or whatever. But I think it's important to talk about God's presence. And again, like I've said before, you have to, in your house, I think, help them recognize that, okay, it's not just us here. There are guardian angels here. We can We can be certain of that. So... If there's eight of us in, in here, there's at least eight guardian angels there, and to call on them and to recognize them, to make them understand that there's invisible realities that are just as real as anything else that's going on there. Just because we can't see them, just because they are invisible, does not mean that they are any less real. And that needs to be something that is reiterated throughout the day, that God is present here. Um, he's present in your heart. He's present in the, you know, I think also in the tabernacle at the church to, to sit and then help them make the distinction. God is present everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's wherever we are. We're never separated from him. Help us to recognize him. But he's in a special way present in the tabernacle, uh, in the sacramental sign, the outward sign of the invisible reality of reality of Jesus's body, blood, soul, and divinity there. Another thing that my mom was really good about that we've tried to is to recognize him in other people, um, to, to realize that his presence comes to us often in the people that we meet and the circumstances in which we find ourselves, that God is working. And to do that, that was used to always be part of the prayers that I would say when the, when I was driving kids to school years ago was, you know, um, make me aware of, you know, where you are and what you're doing, kind of open my eyes to see you at work and the people that I meet and then help me to be you to them, to say what you would say and do what you would do. So the sense of me being a person who needs to make Christ present, but also recognizing in others, particularly those in need, or as Teresa, Mother Teresa, Saint Mother Teresa of Calcutta, would say in his distressing disguises <laughs> in the in the in the people and in the circumstances that you don't think that there's any way that God could be present. She was the queen of that because she could she saw in the poorest of the poor. Um, but that calling to recognize in others that and to realize that you're called to be him to others to say the things that he would say. Anyway, and I think I mean telling family stories, you know, is is another way of of identifying God's presence and, and how he's gotten you, you know, through, I mean, obviously that's kind of a, a hindsight thing sometimes, but just to recall those stories with your kids when, you know, um, when you, you know, really relied on God or I know ours have come out a lot in novenas that we've prayed and, and specific, very specific intentions that we've asked for. I mean, we tell those stories again and again to, you know, it's a reminder. Um, it's just like our little, you know, <laughs> our little cash and Bible of stories, um, you know, because God is always pursuing us um, just like he did in, in the Bible with, you know, <laughs> with the Israelites. And so, you know, um, I think just reminding the kids of, of how God has um, worked in your life um, and to, and to really encourage them, I think, to listen to that little voice, uh, you know, I know it took me a long time to trust that voice. And I wanted my kids to know that, 
you know, when you hear something and it's not like here, like you, you know, like God speaking to you, I mean, kind of thing. It's like, you know, you have a thought that was not yours that some, you know, don't, don't chew that under the, you know, don't brush that under the rug. Like, you know, not that you want to act on it immediately, but you certainly want to take it to prayer and you want to, you know, maybe um, ask, ask, yeah, ask somebody else or, you know, but just for them to start learning how to listen, um, for God's voice in their life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the other, the other, another thing that I think is, has been a blessing of St. Mary's is to welcome into your home and support priests, brothers, sisters, deacons, lay ministers in the church. I think from a vocation standpoint, that's one of the biggest blessings of where we are. But I think no, wherever you are, you can, you can do that. Um, it's a little bit easier here because we've had, our children have had the opportunity to watch people start dating, get married, go through the whole thing, have children and now babysit for, for, for those people all the way from people who were dating somebody or, had a crush on somebody that they knew, and then that person becomes a priest. You know, all of having them come over and spend time with us, get them to so realize that they all have their own personalities. They they make mistakes. They you know they're humans, but they are the the priests have been a great blessing. All of them who mm-hmm. who have been able to come over, but our kids recognize them as as real people. I think when I grew up, the only ones I knew. They were almost kind of, you know, untouchable, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. holy and at a distance. Our kids have been fortunate, and and I have we have been fortunate to have a number of priest friends who have done it. So to make time to have them over, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and like you said, we, it's just a breeding ground here at St. Mary's to have had a babysitter that's now a sister for life, and I mean, you know, um, right? I mean, yeah, it, yeah. Priest that you know, young, young man, young men that used to come babysit for us. Or that lower were, yard, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that, are, that they knew when back before, and they're yeah. now priests. Yeah, yeah, they, even pastor right now. But, <laughs> but um, but I think it's really um, yeah. So have your priest over for dinner. Have you know um, any kind of lay ministers or or if you're in a parish where there's you know young people, um, you know have. Have those kids over. You never know what their and it's <laughs> their cool. vocations. And so end it's up cool. Being. I mean, and and you may foster this question. We actually one time not too long ago, I don't know if it was Kennedy or one of the kids asked, you know, so what's a day like for you? You know, like what do you do? <laughs> and to have a pre- to have a priest actually talk about, well, okay, well, what did I do today? And and give them some insight because I don't know what people you know <laughs> think, but it but. But it's cool to be able to do that. So anyway, um, just a couple more. Participate in lay ministries and activities of your parish community. So that's kind of dependent on where you are. Certainly, I think if you're raising uh, kids and they're going through sacramental formation, you know, then you might want to be involved in in helping with with that. If you have kids that are old enough to help with young children as parents are going to adult formation, encourage them to do that, mm-hmm. um, help with, I mean, we did here where we helped sort presents for, um, for Christmas that had been donated, you know, sort them or help them find, you know, like this number goes with that one, but to be, um, present at your church. And that's something that we ought to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have the opportunity to teach, you know, a fair amount and I love doing that and I'm grateful that they allow me to do it. But Whatever your gifts are, you know, if you're a musician, then then do that. But anyway, I think that's that's important. Um, and then I think the last one: um, allow your children to witness you in prayer. Actually, that's ending with what you what encourage. With. What you started with: encourage your children <laughs> to pray daily on their own, to listen to God's call, and if heard, to respond. So when they hear something, to sh- to you have to show them that you'll share things that have happened to you in your prayer or things that you're praying about um, to pray novenas with specific intentions that you feel like God is wanting you to pray for. Maybe not a million dollars, even if you might want it, but it might be something else, a resolution of a problem or whatever to let them know. And then when the prayer is answered, particularly if it's answered with a yes that you can see, always telling them that sometimes the answer is not just yes or no, it's 
not now. It's not now. <laughs> um, you're not ready for it at this moment type of thing. Then to, to help them, you know, get used to seeing you. But when you it. talk about those things and those things are, you know, over time, you, you'll be able to draw that family timeline of God's answers in your life. Yes. Yeah, so, and they'll say, oh yeah, I remember when we yeah, prayed for that. Yeah. And so you can see the no's and, and, and the yeses and the not now's. And um, I mean, you know, not to everything, but at least to, to many things. And I, I think it's important to make those, um, you know, prayers sometimes I think can seem invisible. And so to make, you know, to make them visible for kids. Um, and sometimes we have to connect those dots for them. Oh, I think we should connect those yep. dots because that's yep. the type of stuff that matters um, is to help them make the connections. And then as they grow up, they're able to make those connections. Mm -hmm. But that God's active in their life. So all these things are help are ways that we can make our church I mean, our home, a domestic church, our family, a domestic church, just, you know, pick ones that resonate with you right now. Pick, pick just one if you want to and say, I'm going to do that right. um, going right. forward. So just to, just to um, recall, remind, this was, uh, these billet points were taken from um, the USCCB.org um, site. And on the very bottom of the site, it has for more ideas on how to build your home as a domestic church. It has another www.domestic-church.com um, are the family fully alive. Um, and you can click on those links and it'll take you um, to some other ideas and stuff. And goodness gracious, we've got so much in our world. Hopefully that was with, helpful. With Google. <laughs> right. So our, um, our, our memory verse for today is from 1 Peter 3, um, 15. But in your hearts, sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting for the hope that is in you. Remember, only God can help you take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. And he will. God bless you guys. Pray for us. We'll be praying for you. Bye.